Hello and welcome to the Lions Podcast, episode number 11. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all the gambling industry. We got Dustin Galker this week. We have Eric Ramsey joining us yet again, guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Matt. So as we say each and every week, we would really prefer that you guys subscribe, rate, and review. We are on the iTunes machine, and every single time we post an episode, it'll go straight to your phone. I Guess what our rating is right now, guys? We are five, three. We are five out of five. We oh. are a five out of five. We we have a perfect rating right now on the iTunes, and we would Aww. appreciate you guys continuing to pump in those five star reviews. Thank you very much on that. We'll of course look at some World Series of Poker stuff as it comes to an end out here in Las Vegas. Some new betting stuff going on with Patty Power, Betfair, and FanDuel. We'll look at the uh, new Atlantic City casinos that Eric was able to go out and take a look. At uh, in person out there, but of course we'll start with our quick hits like we normally do. Uh, Delaware sports betting, we got the handle. We've got some. Uh, we got some revenue numbers over the first twenty days there. Eric, what are we looking at? Yeah, it looks uh, not so bad. We have data through. Uh, remember, sports betting launched there on June fifth. We have data from the fifth through the twenty fourth, so twenty days. Uh, right at seven million dollars in total wagers. Uh, books held one million dollars of that, about fourteen percent, which is. Uh, a little anomalous, but a good hold as the average wager was over a hundred dollars, which that's, that's the number that jumped off the page to me. I was there and I saw, remember we talked about how many five and $10 bets I saw there. Uh, the average bet was actually just over a hundred dollars on the month. Wait, didn't we see somebody bet a hundred? So I think I saw with somebody bet a hundred thousand too, right? On some, on a college future. I did not see that, but I, I believe I saw it. that. Yeah. Yeah. Un- unbelievable here. I mean, if you're looking at these Delaware numbers, I mean, you got to feel, you got to feel pretty good about it. I mean, like Delaware is the, you know, the size of basically my living room. So, I mean, like this, <laughs> this state right here producing these type of numbers over the first 20 days, uh, certainly now, got, certainly got to be get a zero star rating from our listeners in Delaware. Thanks, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm patting Delaware on the back right here. Oh, I love okay. the, I love the degeneracy that's going on right there. I mean, <laughs> at, at that state, I love it. I love the fact that they're doing all this 69,600 and 98 total wagers placed. Nevada sports betting numbers, Dustin. We uh, we got some interesting on the on, as a total here, but some uh, something really stood out to you in this. Yeah, the uh, talked about the quick numbers. It was only it was about a normal year, 315 million in handle. Uh, there was no big prize fight. Usually, there's a big fight in Vegas. Uh, Cinco de Mayo, uh, Canelo and GGG Triple G did not fight. Uh, their fight was canceled. Otherwise, this would have been a huge bunch for betting there. Um, but the one, the number that really stood out is that they only the books only held one percent of parlays, which is a, a crazy number. We don't have any insight into exactly why that is. But for for books to to do that badly on parlays probably means uh a lot of people are hitting hitting something or somebody hit a really big one so yeah i mean you look at kind of the the basketball playoffs um for a while there a lot of the favorites were just uh basically winning every game that they should have won i think there's a lot of something to read into that but uh very interesting that you did point out that it's just shy of the of the record that was set in 2015 for the month of may and like you said had that fight happened uh would have absolutely shattered uh the record it was just 300,000 uh short of the actual record there so by far would have i mean by by several million would have blown away the record there in may had that uh boxing match actually happen between triple g and canelo um, looking at the World Series of Poker here, Eric. Um, we'll we'll talk about the overall a little bit later in the show. But let's look at let's focus on the online bracelet events here. We talked last week about how the first bracelet actually left the state of Nevada. Uh, we, we had a crowned a champion over there in New Jersey, but there were two more events and uh, pretty positive numbers here as well. 
Yeah, two more actually record-setting numbers for uh, WSOP. The 1K uh, was held on Friday. That's the one that's been on the calendar every year. This is the fourth 1K online bracelet event. Uh, 1,635 entries, a record $1.55 million prize pool. Beat its own record from last year as the largest prize pool on a U.S.-regulated poker site. So uh, good news there for WSOP. And out of uh, just less than 1,200 players, 163 came from New Jersey. So another... Good sign for them. Then the uh, 3K high roller was on Saturday. Another good turnout, much larger than last year, 480 entries. Um, largest single payout, another record, 340K goes to Chance Cornuth, uh, past bracelet winner who got his second one and his first one online. It was a big weekend for WSOP, um, the end of their summer-long series. Uh, their series concluded this weekend, gave away a bunch of main event packages, a bunch of six figure prize pools, good numbers this weekend over there. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I've really paid a lot of attention to kind of the, the poker Twitter here lately over the summer and a lot of good things being said about the WSOP online. The only thing, the only negative thing I really see is the length of these tournaments and really the start time of the tournaments where they end up, uh, you know, especially if you're out on the East coast and stuff, that one K event took 15 hours to compete which puts it in well through the middle of the well through the entire night into the next morning uh, especially if you're out there on the east coast so probably something i can only imagine will be tweaked as we look into next year especially uh, you know if you're trying to get some of these new jersey players get more new jersey players get the numbers up from new jersey i don't think you can have events running through the entire night finishing you know eight nine ten o'clock in the morning the next day the one, yeah, our, our uh, New Jersey winner that you guys talked about last week. It was 9:30 a.m. when he won his bracelet. His his wife was already leaving for work by the time he was <laughs> uh, he was winning the tournament. So yeah, I don't really see any incentive not to break these down into two days. I think these could pretty easily be two day two day events. They've all taken um, between 14 and 16 hours. So seems like maybe we'll reconsider that for next year. Yeah, and, and especially like you're talking about, I mean, a $3,000 event, I mean, it's paying out 341000 to first place. So you certainly want these guys, like, not having to put in these incredibly grind, you know, gr grinding sessions to, uh, to get that done. Lots of money at stake, so definitely want to do that. Uh, one of the new interesting things that's going on in DFS is DFS Tennis. Eric, talk to me about DFS Tennis. You can now play tennis. <laughs> you guys will have more fun than this with me. I'm in New York, which uh, will not be allowed to have tennis, uh, at least not immediately because of the way the law is structured. But yeah, uh, it's launched for Wimbledon. Um, draft six tennis players, tennisers, tennisiers, uh, 50K salary cap, and uh, go to town. Men and women on the same slate. That's kind of cool. Um, seems, seems fun to play around with. Dustin, have you already cranked out? Some, did you crank out some Wimbledon lineups for Wimbledon right now? Uh, I have not, but it, this was a matter of time. I mean, DraftKings offers every sport under the sun. Uh, it's the only thing that was stopping them was uh, kind of the single game thing where in the law. And now they've obviously gotten past that with showdown mode for all sports. They have single round golf. So the fact that they've they're boiling everything down to single days made it really easy for them to boil tennis down to a single day of competition. You move on. You have there's contests every day. So um, this is a no brainer. Uh, it'll be it remains to be seen how big this will be um but it's it was it was the one of the last frontiers outside of kind of the european sports like rugby and cricket that DraftKings hadn't gotten into and it was it was an obvious thing that they were going to try eventually you know uh last week we kind of jokingly talked about the hot dog eating contest that was going to be going on on july the 4th every single year you know that goes on there we talked about how many hot dogs someone could eat in 10 minutes i still think i'm probably set a pretty good line for myself at around the 18 19 and, and a half mark there eric do you want to chime in on how many hot dogs you think you could eat in 10 minutes 
I mean, you've seen me. You know what my waist size looks like. I could probably I'll take the over on you at least. How about that? <laughs> I like it. Um, the reason I do bring this back up is because we talk about you know what sports are as we continue to see regulations and in, in different states offer sports betting about what things will and won't be offered. And one of the things about this uh, you know hot dog eating contest that went on 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 July the fourth was the fact that there was a gross miscalculation of the number of hot dogs that were eaten. Scandal. Uh, yeah, I mean it is, and, and there were actually. You know, offshore books here that that took a ton of action on this thing because they take action on just about everything. And, you know, they were off by 10 hot dogs on the winner. They were off by nearly 20 on another guy and things like that. And it just goes to show kind of things that you have to consider whenever you're talking about what you will and won't see. Obviously, we're not going to see hot dog eating contests and different things like that offered in in Nevada or any of these other ones anytime soon. That's for sure. But you can see the, when you start offering these fringe things and you start offering these things that are kind of, uh, you know, basically there's no finite answer to how many hot dogs a person eats. It's a judge sitting there and deciding whether the, you know, the bun he disintegrated in a cup of water (laughs) is like, you know, good enough for, for things like that. But it's just something to point out here that whenever you start looking at these, these little fringe things like this, I mean, all kinds of things can go wrong, including human error whenever it comes down to counting you know the over under on how many hot dogs someone ate yeah like DraftKings once that's what we talked about last week DraftKings once said it would take bets on this and then this this proves this is like a dicey thing to get into because we know yeah I mean who like I just don't know if regulators in the United States are going to say, yeah, go ahead, offer hot dog eating contests. Like, it just seems like a stretch to me. And this, this little controversy, like it was all over Twitter, like what the what the what the official number was, because ESPN had it 64. The official number by from Joey Chestnut himself was 74. That's what they ended up going with. But like, do you like this is. I don't know. It's not, not something you want to really get into if you're in a regulated market, I don't think. Yeah, it just seems to me like there's there's so many things that can actually go wrong here. And, you know, for me, I would certainly take a pass on it. I mean, I can't imagine that the the market would be, you know, cr- going crazy to bet on hot dog eating contests. I just can't imagine that the handle is going to be worth what, any trouble and headaches that could possibly come down the line. And, and we know and we know Joey's throwing it if he if he's if he's losers, too. Right. <laughs> you think right. you think Nathan's is uh, angling for integrity for yes. you? Yes. You know, you miss. You miscount one hot dog contest and then you got some ammo for lawmakers to say, look, we need uh, electronic scoring. We need fees to uh, to police police the scoring. Well, I can see it as a, a little pitch for integrity. This is actually out yes. there, too. It's like the what, what I forget what it is. There's the major league eating association. I don't know. I made that up. It's there is actually an association for eating contests. Right. Yeah. And they like they said, like uh, Darren Bell tweeted something out about it today. But like this is, it's like a thing, like maybe <laughs> the eat, maybe the the competitive eaters get together and they want integrity fees. I don't know who knows where this ends. <laughs> With the, with the sports yeah, betting. Yeah, this but. is absolute craziness. Um, big, big news here. Uh, FanDuel, Patty Power, Betfair. Dustin, take it away. We've got some very, very interesting things that probably if you'd have said out loud in 2014, uh, people would have laughed at you. Yeah, so FanDuel, Patty Power, Betfair, if you're not plugged in, uh, Patty Power, Betfair bought FanDuel uh, in the middle of closing that deal. That could, that deal could even close before this podcast drops tomorrow. Uh, might be next week or, or sometimes shortly thereafter, but the deal will close. Uh, the interesting news is that the, the, the money for the sale all went to top-level investors and the founders, including former CEO Nigel Eccles, got $0 out of this, which is crazy. And any any common shareholders, employees who had 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 shares of FanDuel, they also got no money. Um, it all went to a couple of, of big investment firms that led their their uh, their biggest round back in 2015. So, um, And the other, other interesting thing is the current uh, executives at FanDuel are getting a lot of money, uh, you know, tens of millions among uh, just the several uh, kind of uh, 
C-suite executives who who are at FanDuel. And uh, yeah, it's all very interesting because uh, back in 2015, FanDuel billion dollar valuation, uh, like every like every, who who wouldn't have thought Nigel Eccles was going to not end up with a crap ton of money after this? And you know, we don't know exactly what happened before to, before this news came out, but he's getting nothing out of the actual sale, which is which is kind of crazy in retrospect. Yeah, it looks like that there was some email confirmation that they are going to definitely use the FanDuel brand for sports betting. Uh, I think this was something that they did a bunch of research on. I was getting I was getting surveys sent to me, and I know, Eric, yeah, you got one as well from Draft, which is also owned by Patty Power Betfair. And they were sending out basically a questionnaire asking you what you thought of different brands, how recognizable you felt different brands were. You kind of ranked the different brands as far as familiar familiarity, how much tr- trust you had in them and different things like that. And so I think they were doing that market research to kind of decide whether they were going to to roll out with the, the FanDuel brand for the sports betting product. Uh, Eric, what do you think of using the FanDuel brand? Do you think it do you think it holds more weight than, you know, than than Patty Power than than Bet? fair you'd have to imagine here in the states at least obviously those two the two halves of that brand patty power and betfair are enormous in europe those are huge gambling brands and in other markets australia as well um but certainly here they're unfamiliar to most american betters uh so yeah the fanduel brand carries some weight there it's also interesting that they're going to it looks like run with the fanduel ceo i think have finalized that uh running with matt king as the ceo of fair us um, replacing the former Betfair US CEO Kip Levin, so yeah, moving pretty hard at sports betting here. The the uh, Matt King also has ties to the Patty Power Betfair CEO Peter Jackson. They're homeboys from back in the day, so probably on the same page here. Looks like they're going to be making a serious push at sports betting, and DraftKings might want to take note of what FanDuel's doing here in the new the new uh, industry. Dustin, did it surprise you at all that they went with the FanDuel brand, or did you did you figure once they scooped that up that that was pretty much the only way that they had to go? I mean, I think they see that. That's, I mean, that's a lot of what this was predicated on is the value of the FanDuel brand. I mean, they have a New Jersey online casino, but yeah, like Eric says, not Betfair, not a brand that's super well known. They'd have to spend money to create that brand in the United States. So if they have FanDuel, they put the they use it as the platform, they use it as the name. It's it does have value. It's an it's a name that you know at least at least most sports fans, if they don't play it already, they have at least heard of, and they're like, oh, FanDuel, I can bet there. And we also saw FanDuel actually they 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 created their sports book page which is another sign that they're they're getting pretty close to the, having that deal done with patty power betfair yeah definitely i mean it was it's one of those things where we're we're kind of in the bubble right like we're in the industry so we understand what kind of massive company patty power betfair is but if you talk to joe schmo walking down the street and ask them about patty power betfair or ask them about FanDuel, they're going to remember the silly commercials from a few years ago and they're certainly going to recognize FanDuel, but not necessarily uh ppb so i, de- I definitely agree w- with both of y'all's takes on that now eric you were not able to join us last week here on this very podcast because you like we said you you keep going to all these awesome amazing places the (laughs) the corners of beauty i mean you're sitting here on beaches and everything like that so we send you out (laughs) and 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 let's talk about where you were last week and, and everything that went down over there i feel like i should just sublease a place somewhere in the mid atlantic as a the second home base these days yeah back in new jersey again i got to uh to attend the grand openings of both Hard Rock and the new Ocean Resort Casino in lovely Atlantic City. So that's where I was while you gentlemen were recording last week. Tell us about these casinos. What were your impressions? What was, what did you kind of feel with the people that were there? What were they saying? Everything that was going on there? What was the smell like? How was it? How was everything? 
The smell was very clean, as you might imagine. Yeah. Not a not a tinge of smoke in the air. <laughs> uh, started Hard Rock since that was the first one to open. Uh, Hard Rock is great. Uh, it's a beautiful property. It's the former Trump Taj Mahal, which is sort of an icon of Atlantic City gambling, where the sands turn to gold. If you're a Rounders fan, you guys might remember that mm-hmm. line. But yeah, it's been sort of a sort of a fixture in the city, and Hard Rock has breathed new life into it. Five hundred million dollars towards renovation. Um, a real focus on entertainment. They have a, an enormous collection of New Jersey-centric music memorabilia, the largest music collection of any hard rock property, uh, enormous arena, beautifully renovated gaming floor, more than 20 restaurants. Um, yeah, A-plus property. I really can't, you know, going through this, I was trying to find something to to uh, to pick on, something bad to say, and I really couldn't find anything. That, and that it, property and- fits in really well with the city. It was busy. Yeah, no complaints. Yeah, and you and I uh, kind of like had a little, a little bit of a back and forth in our private Slack chat uh, that that the Hard Rock Casino down in Florida is actually one of the better properties I've been to as well. So it seems like they are they are certainly very good at cranking out these you know very very high end, uh, very lush properties. And I you know that one down in Florida, I think you said the same is is one of the nicest properties I've been to. Yeah, and they've pulled some of the uh, successful things from from Florida and their other properties. Uh, Kuro, the sushi bar that's in the Hollywood property, which is an amazing establishment. That's in Atlantic City. The Plum Plum Lounge, the sort of high roller lounge. Um, so they're borrowing the concepts that are successful elsewhere, like like we mentioned in Florida, for example. Now tell us about Ocean Resort that opened. You just popped down the street a little bit later in the day to see this one, right? Yeah, that was kind of cool. Marky Mark was there. Mark Wahlberg for the uh, for the opening. Kind of cool to see him. Yeah, you know, if you if you know what the uh, building looks like or have read read or seen pictures of it, you know how enormous it is. It's it is a gargantuan property. It's millions of square feet inside. There's tons of space to fill. Um, uh, it's nice. It's elegant. It's it's extraordinary and grand in every way. Maybe maybe a little too nice for for where it's at. I don't mean that as a, a shot to uh, the boardwalk or Atlantic City, but it's uh, it, it. I didn't feel like it was home in Atlantic City. It wasn't exactly relatable. That being said, it's a gorgeous property. You got a brand new coat of paint on it. Everything looks eye catching. Um, everything's clean and first rate. And it has a sports book, uh, unlike its neighbor down at Hard Rock. Yes, so there will be. This is a perfect segue, nice little transition there, Eric, into how we're doing uh, on the online sports betting front here. Uh, Dustin, give us a little bit of news that went on this week, and 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 what we can expect as far as online sports betting uh, the, out there in New Jersey. Yeah, the big news: uh, Bet three sixty five, another huge online gaming sports betting company in Europe, uh, is uh, going to be working with Hard Rock. I don't think they're going to. They're mostly a consumer facing product, so I think we're just going to see a Bet three sixty five uh, sportsbook uh, under the Hard Rock license here, not not actually be branded Hard Rock. Uh, so there's still a question of who Hard Rock's going to work with as their own supplier for a sportsbook. Uh, if they're going to have another, they'll probably have somebody else on their license. But Bet three sixty five, another one. I don't know. I think the brand's probably a little bit better known it's a uh, in the u.s but again maybe uh but maybe not so much but it's another it's a bet 365 is going to be a, a name i think that it will carry some weight um and people will start to identify with as they do some marketing uh, i think that's a uh, we didn't know what they were going to do in the u.s and this is their first signal that they're taking it really seriously uh the other one that we saw was sb tech which is a, a platform supplier uh, also working with resorts uh if you remember earlier DraftKings said they signed a deal with resorts now this is not uh contradictory you can have more than one deal to do this, but it sounds like SB Tech's going to do their land-based 
uh, sports book. So it, it, we we kind of thought DraftKings might have their brand on their on their physical sports book. Now it seems like not so much, uh, but DraftKings will still have a have sports betting online via resort. So a little bit more shaking out there, and uh, we have uh, yeah just a lot more coming down the road. We don't we still have several casinos, so we don't know what, what they're doing. Uh, next week is when uh, regulators can officially start uh, rolling out their allowing applications and such, and uh, allowing for people to start sports betting in New Jersey. So next week could be a sign of what's to come in the state. Eric, when you were over at Ocean Resort, you mentioned that they did have a sports book there. What did it look like? How big was it? How much did they actually invest in the sports sports book property? They do have a sports book. It's uh, half finished right now. It's still under construction, although it's open for business and it it's huge. Uh, it occupies a big central point in the casino floor, kind of as a pass through between the two halves of the casino. Uh, it has a sports bar on one end and then along two flanks, it has enormous seating areas that are still behind curtains. So we can't really tell what the plan is. I can see some booths going in there. There's uh, large areas above for TV screens. The, the space used to be the nightclub. So if you kind of think about what a, a Vegas nightclub, what the footprint of that looks like, the space and the circular, uh, footprint, that's what this, that's what this space looks like. It's big and it's tall and it's uh, kind of a focal point of the casino. You can see it from just about everywhere on the casino floor. Yeah, I think this is something we're going to see more and more of. They're starting to do a little bit of that more out here in Vegas. There's actually uh, Park MGM, which used to be the Monte Carlo, is went ahead and full-fledged did it to where the sports book is basically a sports bar. Um, so they are trying to combine the sports bar and sports book experience, which is something to me just seems like a no-brainer. Uh, you want people to come. You want people to hang out. The longer they're there, the more likely they are to make more bets and make additional bets and things like that. And so, um, you know, you, you go into some of these, and I imagine we're going to see as this expands, uh, more people kind of take a, a, a little bit of a look at making this a place that guys might just want to come hang out and, and be there as opposed to, you know, your, your only function is going in and making a bet. Yeah, and I saw, again, same thing I saw in uh, in Delaware and at the launch in New Jersey. A lot of casual bettors strolling into the ocean for the first time, looking at bet sheets for the first time, time for the first time trying to decipher them and, and figure out what this sports betting thing is. So it's drawing at least some uh, some eyes from just casual passersby already. Dustin, you say that Wednesday could be a day for online sports betting, but it might not happen. Why is that? Like, I just don't know how quickly everybody's ready to go. I mean, these are these are regulations that are still like still in progress. Everybody's still working out. I mean, we're still just learning about these these partnerships between platform providers and and people like DraftKings. I mean, DraftKings apparently doesn't even have its might not even have its uh, its one license that it needs to go there. So like I don't like we have this 30 day window after the law, but I don't know if like light switches get turned on exactly next week. We haven't heard from regulators exactly what's going to happen. I mean, I think we're looking more, you know, later, possibly later this month in August that we're going to see a lot of, a lot of operators turn on the, turn on the switch for sports betting. So it's a, we're, it's a lot of unknowns. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's not quite as easy, obviously flip turning on an online sports betting platform as it is just opening a physical book and taking bets. That's something that's that, that people are really familiar with. Regulators are familiar with and um, New Jersey, even though it has online casinos, this is a little bit of a new world. So I think they're going to try to make sure everything is done in the right way. 
Side note, we're going to have to get a where in the world is Eric Ramsey thing going here so that we can <laughs> like basically just track you, yeah, basically tracking you, how you're gallivanting all, all across this great country. <laughs> yeah, we did, we did a sound drop from Carmen San Diego, right? Yeah, I mean, seriously, this is this guy's getting to go to all these casino openings, getting treated like a high roller. I heard they put you in the presidential suite while you were there at both of these things. I mean, unbelievable. I'm just waiting for Hawaii to launch sports betting. Come on, <laughs> Sounds good, sounds good. All right, one of the big news is one of the very, 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 very big biggest things that happened in sports in quite some time LeBron James taking his talents out west to the LA Lakers did that instantly move the Lakers as a favorite no it did not because shortly thereafter Boogie Cousins announced that he was actually going to be going to the Warriors and what that has done at the sports books across Las Vegas out here guys is you have to actually lay money for the Warriors to win the entire championship next year against 29 other teams in the league, and they are minus money. They are minus 175 over at the Westgate here in Las Vegas to win the NBA championship next year. It is just absolutely crazy that you look at this thing and this super team can actually add another player that makes them even more of a super team. Now, it did move the odds a ton whenever uh, LeBron left, but did that for Cleveland in a very poor way. They are now 500 to one to win wow. the title. Yeah. 500 to one to win the title out here for that. But uh, pretty crazy that we live in a time here where there are 30 NBA teams and one of the teams you have to actually lay money for them to win the entire championship. It's just crazy to me. I, I assume you got six figures down on the, on the dumps, right? Matt? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you look at, you look at some of these numbers and I was, I, I was kind of taken aback. I mean, you're really looking at five to six teams that the the market has established that has a chance to win the, the championship next year. And then it's just a huge drop off and the odds just go completely insane outside the Warriors, the Rockets, the 76ers, the Celtics and the Lakers. The, the odds just go absolutely insane. So, I mean, we're maybe we're looking at Maybe we're looking at an upcoming boring NBA season because we only have you know five teams, but uh, at least that's what the betting market's saying right now, anyway. Yeah, and short of uh, short of injuries, I mean, I mean, does anybody really? I mean, you look at this, look at all the teams. I mean, who's gonna? I, it's hard to believe in a seven game series Warriors are gonna lose a series. I, like, I just like teams right now, if they went out and played, like Warriors would destroy all of them, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is we're looking at uh, this is the reason why sports betting is so great, because it, it, if again, if you if you kind of look at how these teams are shaping up and you kind of look at how these things are forming, you're going to have a lot of pretty bad teams. You're going to have a lot of very middle of the road teams. And, you know, as a compelling product for television and a compelling product for people to get their butts in the seats. I mean, what's really going to, to drive that? And I mean, listen, we always turn back to this, but having a little bit of skin in the game for a game that you're going to go to or a game that you know you're going to watch on TV and things like that can can make you sit down and actually watch a game than otherwise you would not. And so I'm telling you, we, we keep harping on this, but if you believe what these markets say, Eric, there's going to be five really good teams and a whole bunch of mediocre teams. And the only reason I'm going to be watching those mediocre teams is if I have money on them. That's what I was going to say when Dustin chimed in. Who else other than these four or five teams even has a chance to win the championship? I mean, I know it's a long season and there's injuries and whatnot. Things happen, trades, but my goodness, the champion has to come from one of these teams. It's also <laughs> it's also amusing to me to, to see how, you know, no one hides the sports betting conversations at times like this. This is 
it's perfectly acceptable to talk about betting lines when we're talking about LeBron James and the, the NBA futures. So kind of amusing, something we're going to see embedded into the conversation for the rest of the year, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And if you are if you are one of the people that are out there that are looking to to speculate on any of these teams and, you know, how you're – how you think that this may go down. I mean, it is Warriors minus 175, Rockets plus 650. You've got the 76ers at plus 1,400, the Celtics at plus 450, and then the Lakers at plus 500. And then from there, it literally jumps to plus 5,000, plus 6,000, plus 7,000 for the, the next best teams. So, uh, yeah, five teams. And uh, and that's our NBA season, fellas. <laughs> people, people, people have been making a big deal, right, about how like there's been lots of dynasties. I mean, the Lakers and Celtics have won so many championships. But I don't, I don't think ever going into a season, you kind of like said, oh, well, the Lakers or Celtics don't even have to play this year. Like, there's always the sense of, or the Bulls, like, there's a sense that they would they would get challenged. Like, it was not like predestined that they would they would win the championship, yeah. even if they were the favorites. I think I feel like it's it's a different vibe this year. Like, I just don't see like unless you're like. Uh, carving the ACL out of Steph's leg, like like there's no there's like there's like just no way the Warriors aren't going to either like, be in the finals or and win. It's right. just, it's 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 hard to envision another outcome. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And before we get out of here, uh, touch in on the World Series of Poker. It is coming to a close out here in Las Vegas. The main event is actually underway. Seventy eight hundred and seventy four players, Eric, and that is the second biggest in World Series history. Is there any theory out there as to why there was the big bounce back here for numbers at the World Series main event? It's funny. I I don't know. We've been kind of batting the idea around in our uh, in our Slack channel too, trying to kind of find the reasons for it. You know, maybe November nine uh, might have something to do with it. The fact that the final table is going to be played out this summer may have uh, some small impact. Remember, the payouts have been flattened in recent years too, so that's helping numbers trend upward. Um, have to think, you know, obviously cryptocurrency has been a little rough lately, but have to think that the cryptocurrency surge over the last year probably factors into some of the numbers as well. I don't, I don't know what the main, the main cause could be. Maybe you guys have a better guess. And the, too. And the, the timing of the 4th of July too, right? If you're like sure. coming out for coming out for Wednesday, you're planning on staying through the weekend. You only have to take the two days off. I don't like, I don't know. That's, that's at least a possibility as well. So, yeah, I think it was definitely some good timing this year with everything, because uh, as you mentioned, if you did want to play and you get, say you get the, you know, most people get the fourth off anyway. And so now you're having to, uh, only take a couple days off and you're not really like taking it, you know, and if you're and at that point, if you play for four days, you're well into the money at that point. So if you have to take another couple days off, then, you know, at least, you know, that you're making some cash. They're paying out the eleven hundred top eleven hundred and eighty two finishers in this thing, and they will take fifteen thousand for very last place. First place will be eight point eight million. And like in years past. Everyone that makes the final nine will actually be a millionaire. So big numbers out here this summer. Uh, I went over to the Rio a couple of different times this summer to take a look at things and see how things are going. And, you know, Eric, you spent several summers out here as well uh, covering the thing. It was it seemed like this year, you know, I mean, it's, it's taken them several, several years and tons of complaints and things like that. But for the most part, they have gotten the World Series kind of into a well-oiled machine now. I mean, there were far fewer complaints on the Twitter machine this year from people than there were in years past. And I think they've, I'm, you know, look, there's always room for improvement, but I think that they've got this kind of kind of down now out here. It's good to hear. I haven't, you know, not being there this year in person, I haven't had my ear to the ground quite so much for, for uh, what the reactions are. But I think you're right. I haven't seen nearly as many complaints on Twitter, which, I mean, 
we know how our beloved poker community will pick, <laughs> pick nits over anything. You know, you can't get anything past them. Um, that's not perfect. So yeah, things are going right. Obviously, like you said, we're going to complain about little things. These 11 AM starts are apparently way too early for anyone to even <laughs> get out of bed before that's still a thing. But, uh, but yeah, overall, overall, I think everyone has to be, uh, you know, WSOP should be pretty satisfied at the external feedback at least. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. There's just tons of coverage this year. It's all over television, all over poker go. So if you're a poker, and we fan, don't have to wait till November to learn our champion. It's yes, amazing. I know. It's so, so beautiful. So beautiful. Um, guys, as always, please, please, please subscribe, rate, and review. We love those five stars. And please head to thelines.com, legalsportsreport.com, onlinepokerreport.com. You can find all of these stories and get more in-depth than the stuff that we're giving you right here. Our, ton- our talented crew of writers is so spectacular at getting all this stuff out there and uh, keeping you informed of what's going on in this great gambling industry of ours. Eric, if people want to find you on the Twitter machine, how do they do that? They should search for Eric underscore Ramsey, E-R-I-C. There you are. And Dustin, if they want to follow you on the Twitter machine. Dustin Gauker, G-O-U-K-E-R on the last name. I am at Matt Brown M2. Guys, thanks for being with us here for episode 11. We will see you next week.